With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Roll it on here, Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. Dustin Sweetelson alongside a very happy Amal Shaw because Virginia Tech is currently covering his 11 that he laid, covering the six and a half that I took in-game so he can breathe a little bit easier. Hopefully they will hold on here against Tulane in the Military Bowl. I, I'm so excited because we got Dave before. We're going to talk well, yeah, a little NBA. Dave's one of our favorites. We haven't done a ton of NBA spots, so I figured I'm popping in the host chair today. I got to hit up my guy, Dave. We got to touch on a few things. So first, Dave, welcome back to the program. Great seeing your face here. Um, hope the holidays were great. I feels like you are. I feels like you're a Christmas guy because I feel like you probably have a good Christmas <laughs> sweater ready to go at all times. I well, mean, you know, you did, you did, and I got a bunch of Christmas happening. Yeah, I like Christmas. Yeah, man. Christmas is great. Yeah. All right. So, 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 tell me, hold on. You're you're in California. What was the what was Christmas like for you aside from watching a ton of NBA? You know, so all my family's back east, so I just hung out with my girlfriend and her family. Uh, it was very easy. Prime rib, Christmas Eve. Yeah, that is easy. You know, did did a, a full breakfast uh, Christmas morning, and then her dad did all the grilling Christmas Day, so I just chilled out. It was great. I, I just watched hoops. So wait, how long, how long has this relationship been going on? Because sometimes going to the other family, <laughs> if it's early in the relationship, it can be weird. I've had that happen. I know that breaks a lot of rumors that I actually have had relationships before. Uh, like, how long has the relationship been going on? Like, have you met the family multiple times before this oh, long term? Yeah. I met everyone for the first time at her brother's wedding. Oh. So, it, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I've been at a lot of family functions. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> I'm a member of the family at this point, I think. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're well versed. My, oh. Listen, my dog got two dog beds for Christmas. Two from them? And Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I'm part of the family. <laughs> when the dog when the dog is being treated like a grandkid, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's when you know you're really in full, there. Full acceptance. All right. Well, I don't think we're accepting the Monty Williams era in Detroit right now, Dave. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, 27 <laughs> straight losses for the Detroit Pistons. It's honestly one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen happen. Like, it's right up there with – I'm actually now impressed at the losing. Like, I didn't think in today's NBA with the way opponents will come to town and rest players and, and, and load management and all that since the, the playing tournament ended, I, I did not anticipate this being possible. I actually bet Detroit before I went on vacation last week on Thursday. Shocked they didn't win that one. Last night – they were up late against Brooklyn and somehow found a way to lose it. Can you explain to me what is wrong with Detroit? Is it Monty Williams and the execution? Is it the roster construction? Is it the lack of veterans? Is it all of the above? Like, what is wrong here? I think a big yes to every single thing you just laid out there is part of it. But look, beyond the fact that the team stinks, beyond the fact that the coaching has been poor, uh, the, the, the roster sucks. There's no clear direction or plan. You now have a little bit of other teams just saying we can't lose to the Detroit Pistons. And so other teams are getting up in a time where you would think, oh, look, if they were just a normal bad team, if they were 10 and 20, 
you might catch like, ah, it's a Wednesday night. We're in Detroit. Ah, we're not going to play that hard. And, and you pick up a win here and there. But now they are so awful. Other teams, just to avoid the embarrassment, are getting up to play against the Pistons. You're getting their best at every time. They get the, the Celtics coming up on Thursday. This thing is definitely going to 28 games. I could see it going to 30. I had a conversation with someone the other day. Are they going to win a game before Draymond Green comes back? I don't think so. It could be February. I, well, oh, if you're if if you're right, I will point out DraftKings has a market up for the Pistons' next win. And right now, the shortest shot on the board is actually three days from now against the Raptors on the 30th. After that's the Jazz on the third. Uh, but there are some juicy numbers out there because this thing is getting out of control. Are people are people betting that they're going to win yet? Like, have we well, seen that tie? Well, we did. We, we did last Thursday. Okay. Dustin, Patrick, and I all did against the Utah Jazz. They had four guys out. They were in a back-to-back. -back. I thought if there's going to be a spot where you're going to get it done with a short number, they were the favorite in that game. That was the game where it was going to happen. But you know what you didn't factor in? Team quit. That's fair. They just well, quit. Yeah. There are plays down the stretch in that game where they just didn't even get back on defense. It's just you've got to at some point, and we saw this with Cade Cunningham in the game last night. Playing with pride is a big part of sports, and it's not just the winning and losing, right? If you lose, at least lose with pride. And a lot of times they just haven't done it. I mean, it's the only way that a winning or a losing streak can get to this many games in this sport. To your point, think about this, guys. you got to go back to November 20th, the last time the Pistons didn't give up 110 points to an opponent. That was two pant sizes ago for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you look at it, that's over 11 games. That was the 12th game in which they did that. Dave, to me, one of my indictments on Detroit, and we'll get off these guys here in a second, is the, just the lack of effort. I get it. You might not be great. But at some point in time, when you're giving up 133, 126, 136, that is just purely a lack of effort. 146 in Milwaukee, 130 to the Hawks. You're not trying hard enough. The one thing I always look at in the NBA, teams can eventually shut you down in a situation if they give a full 48. They may not be great offensively, but at least they can slow you down. Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, basketball is kind of a try-hard sport. Yeah. If you just have enough skill and these guys are NBA players, you're in it every single night. If you just try hard, like you just said, yeah. for 48 minutes a night, it's just, it's absurd. They, they've won four games since they traded for James Wiseman. This is, this is just, I, I've never seen anything like this. Like they are, I mean, I think the, the North American, you know, the core four sports yeah. that we all consider the big four, the record is 30 losses in a row. Is that correct? I, don't know about that. I know the it. NBA is 28, which for the Sixers, which they're going to break. But I don't know that about uh, the course. OK, it's pretty interesting. I, I think they're going to break it. Um, and if they don't, they should, because yeah. <laughs> I've just I've never seen a team this bad, this hopeless, this sad to the point where you you really like it's become a human interest story. We're all watching this, you know, in hot tub time machine where the guy, you know, the, the guy had lost his arm and they're waiting for this to happen. The whole movie. That's how I feel watching the Pistons all the time. Yeah. It's just something bad is going to happen and I got to see it. And we're just all watching along. It has to be the best ratings. The Pistons have done since the eighties. <laughs> so 28 is the record. North American Big Four history, it was the Sixers, yep. 2015. Uh, 26 after that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 76-77. They were an expansion franchise. The Phillies from uh, 61, from July 61 to August 61, 23 games. And the Penguins in hockey, 18 games. But, Dave, how is this not like Monty Williams and just admitting it's not working, it's not a fit, regardless of some of the other things? I understand these guys are individuals. They need to play hard. But, like... Look at Houston. They they make a coaching change, and that team plays hard. They all of a sudden play defense. They went from an AAU team a year ago to playing defense, and I get they added Fred Van Vliet and some other pieces too, and Dylan Brooks, but like that team has totally revamped how they do things. And for me, you go out and hire Mon Monty Williams, and this is how things start, just feels like just chalk it up, walk away. It wasn't a good fit. Make a better hire. Well, do you know where Steven Silas is coaching this year? Where's former it? Rockets coach. You, He's the assistant coach for Monty Williams yeah. in Detroit. 
Um, look, Monty Williams didn't want the job. They kept throwing money at him until he took it. I don't know about you guys, but uh, seems like you want a guy who wants to be there when you're this bad. And six years, 70, I think it's $78 million. Wow. The highest paid coach in the NBA for a brief amount of time until Greg Popovich went into the front office and said, hey, guys, uh, I don't know if you all saw this Monty contract, but uh, pay me. Uh, and by the way, these, these two guys have the two longest winning streaks or losing streaks of the season, the two highest paid coaches in the league. I just, you know, however you value coaching, uh, um, it was a weird hire. He, he is, you know, he rubbed Deandre Ayton out of town, not just rubbed him the wrong way, rubbed him out of town. That was a franchise center. I mean, that was a complete failure of relationship, by the way. Monty Williams got a lot of credit for stuff that was Chris Paul. So, I mean, this doesn't shock me that the team is not good. And Monty Williams has not to me come across like a great coach. I, I would agree with you there. Staying on that theme, what's going on with the Phoenix Suns 14 and 15 right now. This team is outside the postseason looking in right now. How do things get rectified there in the Valley? Well, they don't really have any assets anymore. Yeah. They don't really have any tools at their disposal to go out and get another player. They have, in, in my opinion, they've gotten the maximum amount of value one can expect out of Yusuf Nurkic to this point. I think he's been good, um, but you didn't get enough in the DeAndre Ayton trade to make up for all the other holes you've got. And by the way, Bradley Beal might just be broken. So it's not going great for them, but I'm not surprised. I mean, they, they had no depth. The, these poor Suns writers during the World Cup, we're staying up until the middle of the night to write stories about poor Utah Watanabe, who is a nice player, but like there's a reason why he keeps getting cut. You know, he's a 10th guy and they signed a bunch of ninth and 10th guys that the internet likes, but they're not good basketball players. This is why they were available for minimum contracts. So, you know, they just, they've skipped normal roster construction to try to just, you know, beat the system by adding a supposed third star, but really they just, added Bradley Beal. You mentioned Yusuf Nurkic. When we come back on the other side, I want to ask you about what do you think Draymond Green's length of suspension will be and what you actually believe it should be? Yeah, well, I, we'll, stick, we'll have you stick around for a second, Sam, because I need to know your thoughts on John Morant coming back because he's been electric. Oh, it's amazing. Out of the gates. Amazing. Uh, want to talk about the Clippers on an 8-2 and two run, like, could this be the year they finally do it, Dave? Could they finally figure things out there? Are the T-Wolves legit? And we'll touch on some of the other games tonight because there's, there's a bunch of games. And I do have a bet on Nurkic, by the way, for my prop plays later today. We'll break that down. More with the athletics. Dave Dufour on the other side. This is Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. 
Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you looking to bet smarter? Well, VEASAN.com has the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up for our holiday special today and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $79. When you sign up today, you'll get unlimited access to our daily best bets, exclusive betting splits, premium analysis, and 24-7 video, plus all of our betting guides and best bets for all the college bowl games, Super Bowl, and March Madness. Don't miss out on this uh, short-time holiday offer. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe to sign up for our holiday special now. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to Sharp Money. Dustin Sweetelson with the Mall Shaw. Got a second segment here with our guy Dave Dufour from The Athletic. You find him over on all their podcasts, The Daily Ding, The Athletic NBA Show. He's a assistant coach on the Georgian national team. So that's basically our favorite team outside of America. This is an America first show. Dave, I should warn you, he had Lee Greenwood to my left over here. Uh, <laughs> Want to ask you about John Morant, though. John Morant made his return, what was it, four games ago? Since then, he's averaging 28.8 points per game, eight and a half assists, 5.3 rebounds, one block, and one steal a game. How different are the Grizzlies when he's in the lineup, Dave? It's crazy how good it is for your offense to get into the paint. You know, and the Grizzlies just didn't have anybody who could do it. I like to call that guy a drink stirrer. You know, he's a guy that when he's on the court, he makes the drinks, right? Everyone else gets to drink because he can go out there and do this. And that's what we've seen from him still. I mean, fastest first step in the league, I think. And, and it's just funny. He doesn't look rusty at all, which tells me that the practices have been paying off for him. And they've probably been going pretty hard in practice. Uh, complete game changer. Funny that he scored his first bucket back on an offensive rebound, because that's secretly the thing that's crushing the Grizzlies lack of offensive rebounding. No, no Steven Adams, no Brandon Clark. So I still think they, they have a move to make there, trying to bring in a real center. Bismack Biombo has been okay, but they need someone who can do a little bit more than that. But Ja shows you exactly why this guy is in the all NBA conversation every year. This is why he was probably going to be an MVP candidate. If, if he hadn't had to miss the 25 games to start the season. And in light of some of the stuff that's happened in the league since Ja you know, had his first run in, let's say. And since this suspension came down, seems kind of silly that this guy missed 25 games playing basketball for something that really wasn't illegal, just looked bad. You know, it's, it, I think that in hindsight, this feels pretty rough and we've missed out on 25 games of one of the most electric players in the league. That that's not great for the league either. So I'm happy that he's back. I've been teasing everybody that he's uh, in the MVP conversation. You look at the numbers. Hey man, they're four and oh, right? If if they if they get back to five hundred from six and nineteen start, I know that he won't qualify because he's not gonna play sixty-five games and they're not gonna break the rules for a guy who who was suspended. Yeah. But man, this is gonna be one of my favorite bits of all time. The John Morant was robbed of MVP bit is gonna be amazing. <laughs> Speaking of which, Jai got 25 games. Draymond Green, how long do you believe the suspension will be? And in your estimation, how long do you think it should have been? If you punch somebody at work, how much time would you be forced to miss? Uh, well, permanent? you'd be looking at jail time. <laughs> yeah, permanent. That's the question. Yeah. and Because this is what that was. I mean, he literally just swung around and punched Nurkic in the face. It wasn't a basketball move in any sense. 
Now, that being said, this indefinite suspension, I don't like. And I think as a guy who's pro-labor, the union shouldn't like it either. It's kind of like the arbitrary number of 25 games they gave John Morant. If this thing isn't codified, now you're just saying, well, we can just pick and choose. And with Draymond in particular, this is now the second time that something in his, you know, in his past has colored the suspension that is in his present. And I don't know if that's good for, for these guys either. So I think it's a weird suspension, just suspended for 10 games. He threw a punch. That's it. it. It's, it's black and white. I don't need this PR thing where you pretend like he's going to go and do anger management. Like it's Andy Bernard in the office. <laughs> I just don't care. He's a basketball player. We know he's sometimes prone to wild things. Um, they're professional athletes. This stuff happens. I, I think the average person has been in a scuffle in a pickup basketball game or a backyard football game. Like it happens. This is just higher leverage. Just throw out 10 games and move on. It, it's similar to what they did with John Morant, you know, making him face the music and own up and talk about like changing things and habits. And man, I just don't care. Let's just play basketball. So whatever gets the greatest defender of his generation back on the basketball court and acting as sane as possible. Maybe it's, maybe it's more, more money in fines. I'm not sure, but I want him on the court. They're five and two, by the way, without him. five and two. Uh, they lost on Christmas day at Denver, but prior to that, we're on a five game winning streak without Draymond green. It's just a weird thing where it's like, they don't become the warriors without him doing what he does. And he doesn't become the guy that he's become, which is probably a hall of famer without his kind of teetering on that line. It's just, I don't know if you ever get like a neutered version of Draymond Green. I think he's always still going to be that guy, regardless of how long you suspend him here, Dave. But is the juice worth the squeeze? Like him teetering on the edge is great, but if he if he keeps falling off the edge, now all of a sudden he doesn't have the same balance as before. No, so, and he's not the player that he was before either. Yeah, so do you think the Warriors, as they are constructed now, obviously Clay's deal, like something's going to change next year, like – could they move on from Clay and Draymond and rebuild this whole thing differently around Steph? Because it's very clear. Steph Curry still has prime years left. Yeah, and this is not a, a team that should expect to win a championship this year. And so, I mean, I think that's a tough decision to make. I would have a hard time with that one, much less, you know, if I'd been there to build this championship roster over the years. So I think I can understand Bob Myers getting out of there before this decision <laughs> yeah. has to be made. But yeah, I mean, look, Stephen Curry is still a top five player in the NBA. Amazingly at his age, I think you've got to try as many bites at the apple as you can. And if that means moving off from clay and moving on from Draymond, who still Draymond and clay probably still have value around the league. Clay is an expiring contract this year. Yep. I actually think Wiggins is the most likely guy that if they're going to make some changes, he's the one to move because secretly some of Clay's struggles have been because of how much he was playing with Wiggins, who was struggling. Wiggins becoming a hesitant shooter made Clay's life tougher. Like uh, Wiggins' offensive role has been undersold. His his offensive role in that title team from a couple of years ago was release valve guy who can get you a bucket. And if he's not going to be aggressive, makes everyone else's spacing worse, except for you know of course Steph Curry sure. who just creates his own space. So I, I think that. If Wiggins gets moved because Kuminga is able to be out there more and maybe it creates more room for Moody, um, I could see that happening. I don't think it's going to be Clay, but the Draymond one might just be from personality. I, it feels like they're tired of it. Don't disagree with that. I like your point you made about Bob Myers. I completely agree with that one. Uh, to me, when you look at this Minnesota Timberwolves team, best defensive points per game allowed, can that translate in the postseason? I mean, that's the big question, right? You look at Rudy Gobert and you say, can he stay on the court? Because clearly he looks like defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert all over again. And this defense looks very similar, but with good wing defense to the one that he was playing in Utah, a lot of drop coverage. His rim protection has been fantastic. I think it's actually more about the offensive end. Can they continue to score at a high enough level in the playoffs with Rudy on the court? I think that they can defend because they have Anthony Edwards and they have Jaden McDaniels who are, who are able to step up, stop the ball at the point of attack, guard bigger wing players. And Rudy's never had that in the playoffs. It's on the other end. He's not going to get guarded by the defense at all. And so your spacing is going to be off. Can Rudy find an offensive role between now and the playoffs? I think that's the bigger question. The Boston Celtics 
14-0 at home, 23-6 on the season. Just looking like a force, even with Porzingis, we never know when he's healthy, if he's going to play or not. What has impressed you most about the way they built this team, bringing in Drew, bringing Porzingis, and Derek White's explosion to getting more playing time? Similar to Draymond running its course, got about a minute here, Dave. Did maybe Marcus Smart run his course in Boston? Because this team looks like they're playing free. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, the shenanigans that Marcus Smart brought just weren't needed anymore. They had they had guys who didn't need you to ramp them up or to get them going. They didn't need a rah-rah guy. And Marcus Smart has slipped a little bit in the last couple of years. I mean, I think that Defensive Player of the Year award, when you go back and look at it, it's going to look a little hollow, I, I think, historically. He just hasn't been this guy for a little bit. And now Derek White, who has been a, a as good of a defender as Marcus Smart for the last few years, but in my opinion, a much better offensive player than he's ever getting credit for, especially as a pick and roll ball handler, getting a chance to shine uh, in a way that he hadn't since he was in San Antonio. I think that's big for them. They've got six starters. It's crazy. And Porzingis allows them to do things at both ends that Marcus Smart was never allowing them to do. He didn't have the rim protection that Porzingis offers and definitely didn't have the three ball and the, the threat of a 30-footer. So Porzingis, man, what a huge upgrade for them. David, you are the best. Hope you have a great new year. Happy holidays. Thank you, as always, for making time for us. Always learn something every conversation. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. That is Dave Dufour. You check him out over at The Athletic, all their podcasts, The Daily Ding, The Athletic NBA Show. He's got it all covered. When we come back, teased it earlier, Jerry Jones loves where the Cowboys are at, even though other people have it better. Weird statement. We'll hear from him next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's take a break and talk about Zen nicotine pouches. We're always debating what a team needs to do to get to number one, but Zen nicotine pouches are already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to ditch the ashtray or spit cup, look no further than Zen. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. It's available in two strengths, so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, and even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It's Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Dustin Sweetelson. He is Amal Shaw. He was concerned the entire game in the military bowl that Virginia Tech was not going to cover their 11 that he laid today. I laid six and a half in game, and uh, they won by what, 20? They won by 21, 41 20, but the game was closer than that. Uh, but uh, you know what? It was an injury for the quarterback at Tulane. Had an impact. You're on, down to your fourth-string quarterback. That's why Kevin Stefanski should be coach of the year. When you're on your fourth-string quarterback, hey, you have 10 wins. I got him 14 to one. He's now the favorite. I uh, saw he was the he favorite. Is? It's at one book. At one book. I, I didn't see where DraftKings DraftKings opened him up, but I saw he was the favorite somewhere, and I thought that was a good sign for me. But look. Speaking of, you can't ever just look at the market and feel good about where you're at just because the market is either moving against you or with you. So I'm going to contradict myself there uh, because in this game coming up for us, the Duke Mayo Bowl, the line is moving against us. And we both liked West Virginia. I laid six and a half last night. It was six this morning. It's now down to what? Five and a half, four? Four and a, four and a half. Four and a half right now, which... In the bowl season, weird things happen. Remember last night with UNLV and Kansas, did you see the line movement on that? I did. Well, that was because Jason Bean wasn't expected to play the quarterback for KU. Well, but that popped up at the last minute. Yeah. No one saw it coming. In the end, he plays. And by the way, Kansas's offense was electric, just an absolute track meet in Arizona at Chase Field. And they end up covering the number, Kansas. Yeah, absolutely. They win that game comfortably. I think they won by like 19 points or something last night. But um, this would be an interesting matchup here between 
uh, North Carolina and, of course, West Virginia. And the Mountaineers had a good, effective season on the ground. If they can continue that, I think they have a chance to pull out the victory. I will say one thing, if you're looking to bet this game, which starts in about three minutes, the line moving down from six to four and a half hurts you if you like Carolina. I don't think, obviously it benefits you if you like West Virginia, but my point is, if you thought they were going to cover six, uh, four and a half is probably not a number you're as concerned with because probably chances are Mounties don't win by five is my point. Amal, I'll tell you where I'm at. I'm logging into my betting app right now. I'm taking the money that I just won on Virginia Tech, and I'm going to bet it now again on West Virginia. That's where I'm at with this one. This one just jumped out to me, and I, I'm fine being wrong about it. I just... I don't see a way for North Carolina without Drake May, without Tez Walker, with so many guys either sitting out or in the portal or getting ready for the NFL draft that matter for this team. I just don't see them getting it done. And with the way things are going up for West Virginia, with the way Neil Brown rallied the Mountaineers, where they figured things out in the middle of the season, it was a big statement season for them to put this at the end of their season as an exclamation point just matters for them whereas North Carolina when they look back on this year they're going to look back and say we missed an opportunity to take advantage of the ACC with Clemson being down we ended up being down ourselves so it's a weird thing when you have two eight and four teams meeting up where one feels great about the eight and four the other one feels horrible about the eight and four I'm going to go with the team that is fired up to add that ninth win well, also, I look at Neil Brown's track record as a coach in bowl games, 5-1. and one. You know, for a friend of mine and I, we used to look at all the time when Paterno and Bobby Bowden were at their respective schools. They were the bet-on coaches in bowl games because of how good they were and how well they had their teams prepared. You look at this team today, you've got no Bryson Nesbitt in the lineup. You've got no uh, Devontae's uh, Walker, excuse me, in this one. So you've got two of the leading receivers, and Walker's leading re receiver by yardage. Um, Jones had, J.J. Jones had one more catch than Nesbitt and Walker. Both had 41 apiece. McCollum was injured. He's going to play. The key for me in this game is how well does Amarian Hampton run the ball? If he's as effective as he's been all year, I think it becomes a real challenge for the Mountaineers' defense. But remember, Drake May added 450 on the ground as well, so he was a contributor there. But really, it's his ability to throw the football. We're going to see how well this passing game for Carolina does with Connor Harrell. If he can be effective through the air, I think they're really dangerous in this game. If he's not, it could be a little bit of a problem here. The kid out of Alabaster, Alabama, Let's see what he can do tonight. Big opportunity here in his home, in the Carolina home state. The, the defense for North Carolina is the worst unit that's going to be on the field in this game. That yeah. defense was 102nd in yards allowed per game versus FBS opponents. They allowed 37.2 points per game in their final six conference games of the year. They were 109th in penalties per game. They gave up the 74th most points, the 98th most total yards, uh, 101st against the pass. 89th against the rush. That offense had to be so good and so much so much better over the top to make up for what that defense was doing. I just, when you don't have Drake Main, you don't have Tez Walker, and I know they didn't have Tez Walker for a lot of the season because he was suspended, but when you don't have Drake May, an NFL quarterback under center, it's hard to make up all of that ground. I just laid it again with West Virginia. I love the Mountaineers. It's a pick that I freaking love. I, I can't love it more, so I understand wanting to fade me because usually when you love something this much, it lets you down in life. Well, you know, you look at Ollie Gordon against for Oklahoma State against the Mountaineers, had a monster day. I think 234 yards in that game. Their ability to run the football was incredible. And you look at the Mounties, they actually gave up more points per game than uh, North Carolina did. But Oklahoma put up 59. We saw 48 by um, uh, Oklahoma State against them. And you look at some of the losses. They lost to Penn State. 10 and 2. Yep. Oklahoma, 10 and 2. Oklahoma State, 9 and 3, including the conference championship yep. game, 9 and 4. So now they did have a loss to Houston, but they didn't play particularly well in that game. That on was the road. a weird midweek game, though. Yes, right? it was. Okay. It was a Thursday night game. But other than that, I think this Mountaineers team, when you look at it against the competition, not a great Big 12 this year, but they did a nice job overall in terms of what they needed to when the opportunity presented itself. All right. Well, they're underway. Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, West Virginia ball did it go out of bounds no touchback 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 and they will take over with garrett green under center we'll keep you updated as both them all and i are on west virginia um let's move back to the nfl yep. real quick before we we go to break here and there's some sound we'll carry over into the next segment as well because i want you to listen to jerry jones 
You and I discussed earlier on the show, the NFC is in a weird position. With San Francisco looking a little more susceptible, everyone's kind of got a weakness there, although I think we both expect the Niners to be there in the end, but it's the NFL, anything can happen. Jerry Jones, when he looks at the season, looks at the Cowboys where they're at in the standing and says he loves where they are. Wouldn't trade. I really wouldn't, uh, but reasonably. Uh, and neither are, being, being, trying to be as realistic as I could. Uh, I wouldn't trade our position uh, for a better one today. Uh, and it has everything to do with how healthy we are at key spots. So he likes their health. And it Touchdown, West Virginia, first play of the game. <laughs> He's got, wow, who, he is absolutely untouched. By the way, I'm going to tell you right now, Monty's score on the first play. Now, I'll get back to Jerry in a second. Can you stop dropping the ball just as you break the plane like you're carrying a nuclear bomb? I mean, can you just go through the end zone? Why is it so hard? I mean, everybody wants the football, so why are you letting go of it sooner than you need to? I've never heard anyone angry after their team be 10 seconds in is covering the number. It's it has nothing to do with <laughs> that. It's, it's, we were talking about this with Dave about teams' time-scoring situation. Now coaches up by three, choose not to foul, or don't play their guys on the perimeter with three seconds remaining. I, I just don't get why you can't run the ball five yards into the end zone. I love it. You can't even be happy when you're covering 10 seconds into a game. Hey, I don't mean to sound condescending. Son, we got 59 minutes and 49 seconds remaining. Yeah. Calm down. 10 seconds in. I'm going to close my mouth about feeling better in 10 seconds or less because I there, there's been moments where it was definitely less than 10 seconds. All right, moving on. Since you did not care for Jerry Jones. No, I did because here's the, here's the problem I don't understand with this argument. The value in Baltimore and San Francisco is so overwhelming in the rest of the elite compared to the rest of the teams. Here's why. Because you don't have to play that one extra game. That yes. is such an advantage yes. in the NFL. I actually think they should go to an 18 playoff. Their greed will eventually get them there. But to me, what a distinct advantage if you're the 49ers. you got to win one game to get to the NFC Championship game. you got to win one game if you're the Ravens, and you don't have to go on the road. I think the Ravens' final two games are at home. They're in Baltimore until they come to Las Vegas. All right, well, they're playing Detroit. Detroit's in a weird spot. We're going to hear from Dan Campbell in the next segment because uh, Dan Campbell facing his former team, obviously loves the Cowboys. He played there. I think he coached there. Dallas are six-point favorites coming yes, back he... home after two tough back-to-back -to -back road games. I want to hear from Dan Campbell because the motivation factor is odd. Right, It feels like a great point to, t to lay the six with Dallas. Detroit's already clinched their division. Feels like the foot will be off the gas a little, and the team's had some weird moments. We'll find out, does Dan Campbell acknowledge that? Does he think it's an issue? Because right now, I want to lay that six, and I wonder if that number's going to only get bigger here. Uh, we'll hear from Dan Campbell coming next, Nick Sirianni, plus Amal and I will give, us, give you all of our bets for tonight's action. It's Sharp Money, VEASAN, the sports betting network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? 
Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The holidays this year is some NBA action. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for just betting five bucks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code SHARP. That's only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHARP. The crown is yours. Welcome back. Sharp Money, Dustin Sweetelson with Amal Shaw. One more segment before we hand it off to Tim Murray and Mike Palm on VEASAN Primetime. And I got to tell you, Amal, I felt really good about 30 seconds ago. And then in this uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl where both of us are on West Virginia, they scored quickly. But this backup quarterback for, for North Carolina, who I admittedly knew nothing about other than what I researched today, uh, he's looked pretty good when under pressure so far. Well, he's fast. He's got great mobility. Connor Harrell. Yeah. The question is, can he throw the ball? He was the Alabama Gatorade Player of the Year. He's got tremendous speed, uh, and you're already seeing it on display. Converts a third down and 15. They just go direct snap to him. He runs for a first down. So this would be an interesting game. But, you know, you said something to me I think that was important. You said if Carolina gets stopped here and the Mounties get the ball back and they score, they go 14, you'll look to take Carolina. This feels like it's going to be a one-possession, you know, tight type of game. Uh, in terms of how this game plays out. Both teams are efficient offensively. Both defense, uh, defenses have some flaws. So this could be co come down to who can uh, minimize mistakes. Yeah, and look, uh, I would also say that North Carolina's biggest chunk plays have come so far on third down. For the most part, when the play is broken down a little and Harrell's had to use his legs to either extend it or run with it. So at some point, you hope... West Virginia could figure some things out. But the thing that scares me about Harrell out of the gate so far is when he's under pressure from a scrambling quarterback, when they don't look like they're scared or they're skittish and they're, they remain calm under pressure and just kind of spin out of it yeah. and make something happen, has me a little concerned at how calm he is when there's a dude in his face. Well, no, you're right about that. The speed that he's been able to display has been outstanding so far. And let's see now again facing a third, third and long. Where third, he's got and, to, third and 13 again. He's got so, to throw the ball. So let's see what happens here. Because remember, you can get yourself in a potential field goal range here. But Tyron Bradley hitting the weight room early with a nice tackle on the reverse there. So should be a fun one to watch. The games tonight, I think, are going to be pretty good. They may not be great in terms of what the expectations are for both teams. Under pressure again. And, and so eludes a defender, eludes a second. Finally brought down by like a third or fourth guy. By the guy. way, this guy's going to be entering the world's strongest man competition at the end of the year. He won't go down. I hope there's a tracker on how many miles he runs today because he is going, I mean, he's running 15 yards every play, it feels like. Yeah, there's a flag on the play, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, look, this should be a fun one. These bowl games, the key is to look at who's in, who's out. And um, blindside block on, um, on North Carolina, so okay. that'll negate. I would accept this penalty. Yeah, don't like don't give him a chance to make something happen. Well, no, it's good. Well, that's fair. You know, with him, you're right. But 15 yards, the big play. You go to third and 28. You're back. I mean, now they're in a situation they'll punt. But um, any other bowl games that are jumping out to you? Because we've seen so, starting some of the weekend numbers starting to move. So we're gonna break this down tomorrow. I think the pinstripe bowl is interesting because initially the line came out. Rutgers was catching four and a half points. They're now a two and a half point favorite against Miami. I am a Miami fan. Uh, I've made no well, qualms about how disappointed I have been in Mario Cristobal, where I actually was one of the few people excited because I knew he could recruit. Uh, I think this is a situation, though, where I am going to end up backing Miami if I can get two and a half, even if it gets up to three. I understand everyone's reasoning for it. All these guys out for Miami. Emery Williams is injured. Tyler Van Dyke is transferring. But Ja'Curry Brown 
isn't a guy who's not played before. Started a few games a season ago. I'm very familiar with his game because he's from Valdosta, Georgia, played at Lowndes High School, believe he won a state championship. I've literally been watching his highlight reel since his junior year. They were redshirting him this year, and they'll be able to redshirt him because he's going to play in under three games. Uh, he's going to play against Rutgers. It's in Rutgers' backyard in New York. I understand why everyone loves Rutgers in this. I still think Ja'Curry Brown is a weapon at quarterback that if I can catch the points with him against Rutgers, I'm going to do it. And I, 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 I haven't officially done it yet. When I break it down tonight, I believe that's the point I'm going to end up on is Miami plus two and a half. If I can get three, I would love to get three, obviously. Well, you know, unfortunately, by the time we come on air tomorrow, that game will already have kicked off. Sure. And so that's an interesting one. I'm going to stay away from that one. SMU BC at Fenway tomorrow. That's an 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Pacific start. But the two intriguing games to me are Arizona and Oklahoma tomorrow night. That one at the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. Always a good competitive bowl game. But what's interesting is how well Arizona's played down the stretch. Jed Fish has done a tremendous job with his team. They've won six in a row. The line's gone from two to three now in favor of um, – Excuse me, uh, Arizona, no surprise there. Dylan Gabriel out. Um, so this is, this would be interesting to see what happens. I'll get into this one a little bit more tomorrow. And then, of course, NC State, Kansas State. No Will Howard for North, uh, excuse me, for Kansas State. It doesn't matter. Maybe Avery John, uh, what's his name? Avery. Uh, Avery, the young kid. The is it Avery Johnson? No, no, no. It is Avery yeah, Johnson. It's Avery Johnson. It, is, it is Avery Johnson. Should remember that one easier. So, uh, also, Avery Johnson, the former basketball coach and basketball player. <laughs> Let's hope not, because he's about <laughs> sixty-five. No, I, I don't want. I'm just old, putting it together. This kid's got a mullet, so obviously, not, no relation. Uh, Avery Johnson was a very electric player when he came in at times, yeah. and there's a reason Will Howard transferred. He realized like they want to hand the reins over. I'm inclined to lay it here with Kansas State. Feels like a game where Chris Kleiman's not going to get outcoached by Dave. Dave Doran does a fine job. He's a, he's a fine football coach. If you want to win eight, nine games every year or seven, seven to nine games every year, you want to go to bowl games, that's awesome. I think Kleiman is the better coach. I think Avery Johnson is an explosive player at quarterback for them. And I think this is his kind of coming out party to say, look, look at Kansas State next year in the Big 12. Uh, I, I think they have some weapons on offense. Well, yeah, you know, DJ Giddens has a fantastic season, and I'm just going to double-check to make sure if he's going to play or not. You know, if he doesn't play, it's a huge blow. But when you look at some of the uh, players that have already opted out uh, for Kansas State, it's a little bit of a concern. You know, you look at the big tight ends, uh, Stanette, he's been outstanding all year long for them in terms of what he's been able to do. So there are some concerns when you look at uh, some of these teams um, in terms of what they're able to do. So... I think paying attention to the opt-outs is going to be crucial to how you wager on these games. All right, well, speaking of the, the big one tonight, we touched on it earlier, is USC with all of the guys out for them. Louisville also with Jawar Jordan Jamari Thrash out on their side of things. I really want to get there and lay the points with Louisville, but I can't. I actually think the play is USC, which is why I just I won't get there. I won't end up betting this one. I can't figure out what I want to do with it. Initially, it was all about Louisville, and in the end, I still think there's enough talent on USC, and they want to wash the taste of the season out of their mouths. I think they could end up even winning this game. I, I don't disagree with you. Look, Miller Moss, to me, is a much better, more mobile, more dangerous player than people realize. Think about this. Malachi Nelson, who was one of the top recruits, transferred out. And when you look at this SC team, yes, they've lost some talent, but again, they still have offensive firepower. Lincoln Riley... I, I think his team's got a good opportunity. That you referenced it. They had a bad season. Good opportunity to kind of wash that taste out of your mouth if you are USC in this particular game. All right, let me throw a couple NBA props out yeah. there that I have tonight. They're all at vcin.com slash picks. I'll have that Miami play if I end up doing it uh, in there in plenty of time for tomorrow's uh, game. First one is DeAndre Melton. We're going to go over 25 and a half combined points, rebounds, and assists. Plays for the Sixers. Uh, Kelly Oubre ended up being the one to go off for 25 Monday without him, uh, without him beating the lineup. Melton, it was consistent without him beat throughout the season. Even when guys like Oubre or Covington have gone off or even Pat Bev got theirs, Melton's been really oddly consistent. I know you don't correlate that normally when a center's out that a point guard's going to end up getting more opportunity, but the way it looks... When he was when Embiid was out on November 22nd, he went for 16, 6, and 3. On November 29th, 17, 3, and 6. On December 1st, 21, 4, and 2. And then on Christmas, 15, 7, and 5. 
The number's 21 and a half. He has easily cleared that in every single game without Embiid. We'll go Melton over 21 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Giannis is questionable yep. for Milwaukee tonight. All right, the Brooklyn Nets, yep. The Nets have a ton of guys out. Wouldn't be shocked if Giannis sits. So this morning, I bet Lillard over 38 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. The Nets allow the fourth most points to opposing point guards. In the one game Giannis didn't play this year, if he ends up being ruled out, uh, Lillard had 37, 13, and four. Went way over 38 and a half. Could be a big night for Lillard. And then finally, Yusef Nurkic over 13 and a half rebounds and assists. The Rockets allow the ninth most rebounds, third most assists to centers. He's missed the last two games, but prior to that was averaging 19.4 in his previous five games. The number's 13 and a half. Last time versus Houston, last two games, 15 and one, well over that. The other one, five and two awful. One and run record against that number. But I think Nurkic, he means so much to them getting second opportunities. He may go over 13 and a half with rebounds alone tonight. I, I like the under in this game. It's 225 and a half. Houston's uh, the second best team defensively in the NBA. This could be a little bit of a lower scoring game here. And if you're going to play it in play, this game goes at 530, excuse me, 830 Eastern time. Uh, take a look if you get around 230, 231 and a half of playing the under in this game between Houston and Phoenix tonight. Suns only three and a half point favorites yeah. on the road at Houston. Well, no Bradley Beal in the lineup. This team doesn't have much depth. Just no Dylan Brooks. It just shows the changes Udoka has yeah. made defensively, and they're just a different team. All right, that'll do it for us. You've got Mike Palm, Tim Murray coming up next on VSIN Primetime. We'll see you tomorrow. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.